Welcome to My Friend Has Never Listened to a Podcast. If you've ever received an email from a Nigerian prince offering to put a few million dollars into your account, you're not alone. Today, James and I are going to be reviewing a podcast about an international con queen who was able to impersonate hundreds of different Hollywood professionals in order to scam millions of dollars out of thousands of people. Happy, Happy New, Year. New Year! Obviously, this is going out a little bit after New Year, but James, we're a little bit ahead of time. Yeah, we are. We're in the we future. Are in the future. Now, in today's episode, we're reviewing Chameleon, Hollywood Con Queen by Campside Media, and they have done a fantastic job bringing this podcast together. So, I was first, I just had to say thank you so much for recommending it to me. You're welcome. I really, really enjoyed listening to it. And it's because it's one of those podcasts that has so many different twists and turns. I reckon our listeners are going to love it. For sure. And Josh Dean and Vanessa Gregoriatis did an amazing job and created what I would describe, James, as a beautifully edited and produced podcast that brings together so many different people's stories in a super interesting way. And I think a big part of it was the combination of Brilliant editing, but also really thorough investigative journalism. Yeah. Now, before we get into it, Oz, you have to give our listeners an overview about what this podcast is all about. For any of our listeners who haven't yet checked out Chameleon, Hollywood Con Queen, this is your opportunity to go away and listen, as James and mine's review could contain spoilers. Spoiler alert! Essentially, this is a story about an individual who was able to impersonate so many different people in order to con other professionals, predominantly from the acting field, to travel around the world on their own expenses. And what initially appears to be a pointless scam ends up turning into a huge FBI investigation. And James, it's not until we get to the epilogue where there's a huge occurrence, which I love in a podcast when the investigation is ongoing as they're making the podcast. So they're telling the podcast as they learn new things about this con artist. And it just had me I mean, if the FBI are consulting with Campside Media and checking in on, well, what are you going to release? And <laughs> when are you going to release this? And like th that means that you are into something pretty big, right? <laughs> For sure. This podcast takes you on a journey around the world, involves different accents, different languages, such an awesome story. And Ollie and I will do our best today to not give too many spoilers away, but also we just want to express how much people need to listen to this podcast. So we're going to do our best to try and convey that without giving too much away. And what I found super intriguing about this podcast was it tells individual stories. So you hear from chefs who were scammed, you hear from gaffers who were scammed, you hear from hair and makeup people that were scammed. And their access to these different people I thought was phenomenal. And I loved hearing about their individual experiences. In some cases, people had shrugged it off as, oh, it was just something that happened and where other people have been so devastatingly affected by this and it's really affected their personal life as well because for any of our listeners who have been scammed you'll know that 
it really does shake you to your core and it can make you quite nervous in future. Well, one thing I'd like our listeners to consider as you're listening to our review and then hopefully when you go away and listen to the podcast is would you fall for something like this? We've heard of the Nigerian print scams. We've heard of these kind of ones that are a lot more common. But in this particular scam, the the con queen was using people's aspirations to be part of the Hollywood elite and to be targeting up-and-coming makeup artists, actors, PTs, whatever it might be in that industry, and luring them over to another country, but asking them to pay for it on their own dime and that they'll be reimbursed later. Now, being an ex-actor myself, I know that having been in that space with a big opportunity presented to me by what I thought was a massive Hollywood exec, I probably would have jumped at it. Genuinely, I would have been someone who at a certain point in my life would have fallen for the scam because you are chasing that big break. You're chasing that dream and someone's presenting it to you on a platter. And and yeah, if it costs you six grand to fly yourself out to Indonesia to be a part of this big movie that's going to be you know, your, your, your big break, you do it. Like, oh yeah, I would do it in my career, James. In fact, I do do it quite often. I will book my own travel, my own accommodation. Luckily my clients haven't scammed me yet. So it works (laughs) out quite well, but I would totally sign up for something that I thought was going to be just a regular job. It doesn't even have to be a big break, but if you get a phone call and an email from somebody who appears to be legitimate, why wouldn't you? Because it's such a pointless scam on the surface, because if you're paying money to an airline and a hotel, how can that possibly be a scam? Well, as we'll find out, what may seem like really small amounts of money to be lost or to be gained from individual people, when you times that by a thousand, it quickly adds up to a lot of money. I suppose, to sort of jump into it, we've talked about the fact that you know, lots of people were involved. Lots of people were scammed by just one scammer. Yeah, I think I think the, the best thing to do for our audience to really sort of set the scene is to explain the scam to you in a little bit more detail. Firstly, so that if you ever receive an email of the description, you are aware <laughs> that you don't fall for it. Um, but secondly, to really set the scene for the podcast. Hi, I'm Josh Dean. I'm a journalist, author, and more recently, a podcaster. And I want to tell you a story, the story of this really bizarre scam. It's a scam that's been eating away at the movie industry for years now, crushing dreams and draining bank accounts. And I've been obsessing over it for a while too, since I got a tip last year from someone who got caught up in the middle of it. This con was basically set up to target some of the most vulnerable people in the business, the men and women on the lowest rungs of the Hollywood hierarchy, I want you to imagine that you are an aspiring fill-in-the-blank right here in the Hollywood industry. So we're, we're looking at, as Ollie mentioned, chefs, PTs, security guards, actors, makeup artists, the likes. But you haven't quite cracked it yet. You're not quite in the upper echelon. You're still looking to get your big break. You're still looking for that first big opportunity. And you receive an email from what you believe to be a a massive studio exec. Now, these were all high-powered women of Hollywood. So we're looking at top-tier producers. We're looking at wives of uh, Hollywood execs who are reaching out to you by email and by phone and letting you know that they want you to be a part of this big deal. Now, the accent sounds perfect. They're either talking to you in the New York accent, they're talking to you in an, uh, an LA accent, or they're this massive female producer from China who 
If you were to look them up on IMDb, these projects were there. If you look up their websites, their websites were there. Their emails were... They seem legit. Legitimate accounts. So, like, all of these things seemed 100% legitimate. And they were asking you that for this big break, what you needed to do was fly yourself out to Indonesia. To need, Jakarta. Yeah, you needed to pay for it yourself. Uh, the, Hollywood, uh, the hotel was provided for you. So this is where the scam's legitimacy seemed to be a little bit more on point. While you were there, though, you needed to go and do some scouting of locations. So you needed to go figure out what this location would look like. And for the makeup artists, how that might inspire you to do your makeup. For the PTs, what workouts you might do in that situation to, you know. And they're sending them around. And as part of it, they were required to go and transfer about $1,000 of cash, which they used as petty cash while they were there, at a certain exchange point. And I think here's where maybe the money was potentially getting back to the scammer himself. Mm -hmm. And these people were then touring around Indonesia. And what I imagine, Oz, you've been to Thailand, right? Yeah, and Indo. You've been to Indo as well. Now, when you go to these places, if you ever get like a local tour guide, what they'll do is you'll pay the money and you want to go to a certain destination. But on the way to that destination, what they'll do is they'll stop off at places they already have arrangements with. So see their friends. Yeah, their friends shop and their friends tourist attraction and at these different places the idea is that if you spend money you're contributing to those people and they'll get kickbacks so this is what i was picturing in my head when these people were getting toured around different parts of indonesia stuck in traffic for hours and hours a day and then what would happen is one by one these people would realize that hold up i haven't yet met anyone else involved in the movie i haven't yet had this meeting with the director like i've been promised they'd kind of get a bit scared and at some point they would then leave and that's exactly what happened to heather Mm. Yes. And I think Heather Heather Pickford's story really stood out for me. Mm. Heather was a South African-born lady who now lives in London, and she is the hair and makeup specialist that we referred to earlier. And she receives an email whilst on holiday in Cyprus with a friend from this big Hollywood producer saying, we really want you involved in this project. So she looks it up on IMDb. It's a genuine movie. It's got these huge stars in it, and she's stoked. She is thinking, this is my big break. I'm going to go to Jakarta and I'm going to scout these locations and meet the director. And as James said, she lands there, she checks into the hotel and the first couple of days she's promised you'll meet the director at the end of the day. But for during the day, we're going to be driving around. And as she was driving around, I thought it was so fortuitous James that she met that lady Mm. who said oh are you going to be part of this movie and she goes yes and she says oh I met another hair and makeup artist a couple of days ago and Heather's like what there's somebody else involved in this movie and she gets the name of her and what I loved was at the end of that particular episode Heather's episode Heather then reaches out to this other makeup artist and is like hey we're being scammed and Anna, the Polish lady, the Mm. other harem, she was still in Indo, still getting scammed. And it was just unbelievable. And how scary, James, when she's in the back of this car being driven around by somebody who doesn't speak English. And she starts to freak out at one point because she's driving around these shanty towns thinking, I don't know where we're going. And I thought it was really clever that she recorded the driver speaking in Mm -hmm. Bahasa and then sent it to a friend and said, can you tell me what he's saying? And this is where I thought it would be so good to have Cliff there, my husband, because he speaks Bahasa. And I'd be like, (laughs) what's the driver saying? Who are they talking to? Are they going to murder me? Well, that's it. She gets back to the hotel 
and has to say to the hotel manager, I think something dodgy is going on and I need to leave now. But I don't want to tell anybody when I'm leaving. And she stays up all night, bless her, because she's too scared to go to sleep. And I thought, James, the hotel manager did an amazing job of saying there will be a car outside the hotel yep. for the next 24 hours you take it whenever you need it you don't have to tell me when you're leaving and I thought that's the kind of service you want as a solo female traveler when you think something dodgy is going on and you just want to leave yep even even advise not to leave her bags because if this yeah. is a scam and, and they know that she knows about this scam they might do anything to try and prevent her from telling others and one of those things they might do is actually put drugs in her bag and get her arrested and put into is it that movie with claire danes broke down palace is that the one that happens where they go to the balinese prison oh yeah i'm asking the wrong as person as if i've seen this movie <laughs> i haven't even seen sound of music james so we're looking at a seemingly as we said at the beginning innocent scam that psychologically damaged this woman it, it really messed with her mind and she had a lot of anxiety off the back of it. She had a lot of stress, like, you know, and she's just one of the victims of the scam. And this is what Chameleon, Hollywood con queen, does really well, is looks at it from so many different angles. Which of the individual stories really stood out for you, James? Which section did you love? There were so many. Like, there was this awesome guy who I just imagined to be a little bit like one of my stern uncles. He was a security consultant and he lived in Europe and didn't want everyone to know his name, so he had an alias. But... He had just had this real Kiwi accent and you could tell that what he was hell-bent on was a bit of revenge <laughs> yes. for the con artists. So they'd be like, oh, so, you know, would prison be enough? He's like, nah, he needs a hiding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at my get, hands. He needs to get smashed. But part of the story that was most telling for me was near the end of the podcast, you're actually introduced to some of the con queen's college mates and you realize that the con queen had actually been doing this for a long time. While in college, the con queen had been found out to have plagiarized by a certain member of the debate team or whatever it was at the time. And as revenge or punishment, she then turned around and written these suicide letters to the college where these people went to school and said that I blame these people for my death and then disappeared. And so no one knew whether this threat was just false or like, you know, so I think for me, it showed that from a young age, the con queen had been doing things like this. To manipulate others. Really, really effective manipulator. And it had been happening for a long time. So what we're seeing as part of this Hollywood scam, just for me, looks like the next step in this person's scammy career. And I don't think it was just about money either, James, because... What you learn as the podcast um, continues is the con queen was getting a kick out of making people feel as if their dreams were coming true. Yeah, getting off on their attention and their respect, right? Yeah. And she would call them and have a conversation with them and be quite full on and say things like, you're going to come and stay with me on my private island and we're going to be intimate. And these people on the other end of the phone are thinking, who am I talking to? And then she would hang up and phone back, pretending to be the assistant and say, oh, did you just speak to the boss? What did they say? You've really angered her. and um... Yeah, it was weird. Like she must have just been getting off on hearing how she had made other people feel with the things that she'd said to them. And that to me is a next level of personality disorder and narcissism. Yeah, well, I think you're quite accurate when you say getting off holes because one of the gentlemen that you hear from in the podcast actually was sexually 
harassed by the con queen on the phone where as a as a way of giving him this big role that he had landed he needed to run lines with her executive producer on the phone and the the scene, sex scene. the scene that she wanted to do was a sex scene and mm-hmm. he's like okay so then i had to like kiss her so i was like and she's like no make it really sound like you're kissing me and on the other line she's giving these heavy breaths and and then she'd disconnect the call <laughs> and i was just yeah. like oh yuck it was so weird and that person feels really violated he actually can he compared himself to the Me Too movement totally. and the girls who were raped by Harvey Weinstein and said, I can't imagine how they must feel because this was over the phone. Mm-hmm. And I feel, I think he left acting, didn't he, James, afterwards? Because he said, I just can't be in this industry where you're asked to do this. And I think here's where the problem really started for the Con Queen because she was impersonating real people. She mm-hmm. was creating fake movies, but using real people uh, as part of her scheme. And these high-profile women in Hollywood started to learn about the scam where their names were being used. Imagine if you were the lady who is said to have called someone and asked them to play out a sex scene with you on the phone where it sounded like you were pleasing yourself on the other end of the line. Like, you'd be mortified as that as that yeah. producer. And I think here's where the, the con queen probably didn't realize the people that she was messing with because these women are extremely powerful women in Hollywood and have money. And what they decided was that they were going to find her. They were going to spend a lot of money that most people probably wouldn't have the time or energy to expect, uh, to expend to locate and figure out who this person was and make them pay for their crimes. What I loved was this is a real-time podcast. So you're on the journey with Josh and Vanessa. So one of the private investigators that they hire in England drops off the radar for a while because he caught COVID yeah. <laughs> and couldn't continue to work. Like this is a real-life real-time podcast and you're learning about it as and when things are happening and it's so detailed to the point where we even go back in time and speak to some of the people that the con queen went to college with and learn about some of the reasons why she believes that she has mental challenges because of things that happened in her childhood we'll call them excuses but yeah Yeah. and I'm, i'm using her if you could see me i'm using air quotes for the word her because this con queen could impersonate anybody they wanted we should be trying to use gender neutral language here James. them they them (laughs) they they can impersonate men they can impersonate women they literally in the space of two seconds switch from one to the other i'm going to put you on the line to my assistant and then hello like have different voices different accents master master manipulator master con artist And through it, when these top Hollywood execs start engaging investigators to find out, we're actually introduced to a company called K2 and a lady called Nicole. Now, this is a company that I was really interested in. It seemed very spy-like and, you know, investigative. Like, Again, you you would know by now that Ollie and I nerd out a little bit at Sherlock Holmes and anything (laughs) of the likes. But this lady's job was basically to investigate and find out everything they could about people at a digital level. And Nicole's story basically is all around how she aggressively looked for evidence and clues to figure out who the con queen was. Now, as, as a bit of a sideline to this, you're speaking to one of the actors and he's got this massive conspiracy theory. 
around the fact that he believes that K2 and the likes of Nicole had actually set this up themselves, that they themselves were the con queen and they were doing this to gain access to high-profile people in Hollywood. And when you think about it, this conspiracy theory could actually seem like a legitimate ploy, right? Yeah. You you make someone believe that there's a problem so that they then hire you to solve that problem. And I was like... A little bit like how Bill Gates has created COVID so that he can develop the vaccine to cure it. Isn't that what the (laughs) tinfoil hats are saying? That's what the tinfoil hats are saying and and you know think about any consultant like oh yeah you've got this problem this is the solution yeah <laughs> i was I like oh, i may, may have done a little bit of that myself <laughs> what was really cool james is we got to hear from an author who we'd heard from earlier in the season mm-hmm. maria kornikova because we're looking at con artists and much like in unravel with the in snowball uh, much like uh, unravel snowball we hear from maria kornikova the writer of the confidence game and if you haven't read maria kornikova's book you're introduced to one of the first known nigerian print scams that actually took place in london i think where josh and vanessa really started to get close to the con queen was when they managed to contact an ex of a friend of the con queens because it turns out james that she's actually still in touch with the con queen who is now claiming to be a cuisine critic and influencer. Yeah, this story jumps from Indonesia to Hollywood to New York and then across to London. And yeah, you find out that as as we said in real time you find out that now the con queen is living in london and is posing or as manchester this, she's saying to live in london but the ip address looks as though they're actually living in manchester and i was i heard there's a few con artists that come out of manchester nah, 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 nah. Hey. <laughs> I'm playing, I'm but yeah so so you you then transported over here and in real time this is all unfolding and i have to give massive credit to both josh and vanessa because they managed to continue this podcast during COVID. Mm-hmm. So COVID hit, and in one of their episodes, they actually speak to it. They say a lot of people, you know, dropped off the radar, and we decided that we could either let this sort of simmer down and potentially lose the con queen altogether, or we use this as the time to really put the pedal to the floor. And so they just ramped it up. And during COVID, got to get the massive props. They kept their investigation going. They kept all of this stuff happening. And I think it's one of the reasons why you get so much information in the podcast, because at the same time, the FBI actually have an investigation going where they're looking for the con queen as well, but not willing to share any of their information with Campside Media. A massive, massive props to, to the team at Campside Media for their perseverance and commitment to Again. this. Such strong journalism yeah. and such strong investigation. We spoke to the guys from Hunting Warhead recently, mm-hmm. well, actually two months ago now. And again, the investigative journalism behind Hollywood Con Queen is absolutely second to none. It's, it's exceptional. Superb. It's so well done. Just on a random note, James, I found it so interesting when Heather was referring to how she recovered from the trauma caused by the con queen through a therapy called shaking that she'd learned in mm. thailand have you ever heard of that no i haven't it was this this concept of you can shake yourself free of trauma by shaking your body because that's what mammals do in the wild if they've been chased by a predator and they get away they will then lie down and shake to essentially shake the experience from their memory and, and from their body and 
I thought that just randomly was really interesting because when you get to speak to all these different victims of the scammer, they all had slightly different experiences and ways of dealing with the trauma. Some people weren't that affected and other people changed careers or felt physically violated. James, have you ever been scammed? Have I ever been scammed? I I definitely know I receive like, you know, very random phone calls. I think everyone gets emails into their mailbox. Hmm. The one that got the closest, I will say, of recent years was a bill that came through from Apple. And Ooh. it was a bill for $159 saying that I had spent it on an app that I actually had on my phone. So immediately I saw this email pop into my mailbox. It said an Apple address at the top at first glance. And so immediately I'm like, what, 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 what? And I'm looking through it and I've got that app on my phone and it's a, it's a, like a video game app. And it's like, you spend $159 on this app. And I'm like, that's not true. I haven't spent $159. I've never bought anything off the app. <laughs> and I start kind of panicking, start worrying. I actually called Apple and wow. very, very lucky because as part of it, there was a, a link in there saying click on the link to review the purchase and that was the scam. So if I'd have clicked on the link, I would have gone through to a page and then would have had access to my accounts and all this kind of stuff. Um, so they're getting very, very clever. These, I think they call them phishing scams, don't they? Yeah. Where they can hook you in by giving you enough information that makes it look really legitimate. Because again, thank, thanks to the team at Apple, when I clicked on the actual email address that it had come from, it expanded from Apple and went into this weird email address full of like numbers and letters. So now yeah. my biggest advice to anyone who ever receives an email that they're not sure of is to actually click on the email address itself, not just the name that pops up in your email account, but click on it and see where the email address that it came from. And 99% of the time, it will not have actually come from where it says it's coming from. How about yours? What's, your, what's been your biggest scam you've ever been involved in? I don't know if it was a scam. Somebody bought a mobile phone in my name Ooh. and you got what's it called identity theft yeah yeah I was identity theft and this individual was in Melbourne and the only reason I found out was because I got an email from Amex saying we've reduced your credit down from I don't know 10 grand to three grand because of your credit rating I was thinking hold on how have I dropped credit scores? So I had to pay for an Equifax copy of my credit rating. Mm. And sure enough, I I owed $1,700 to Optus. And when I tried to phone Optus, if you don't have an Optus phone, which I don't, you cannot speak to a human being. Oh, it's, it's so impossible. difficult. Yeah, it's so, so difficult. So I'm going around in circles. Unless you say you want to buy one. That's, only, that's my only tip for people that are trying to get through to Optus. Say that you want to buy something from them as a new customer and you can get through to someone. Oh, it's a really good idea. I ended up going to the police and saying, hey, I don't know what to do, but somebody's stolen my identity and bought a mobile phone. And they said, well, we can't handle it. It has to be handled in Melbourne, but we can complete this oh, report this for you. This is so frustrating. This is why scammers get away with it. Yeah. Seriously. Well, do you know what my best advice is, James? In the end, I sent an email to Optus saying... This is what's happened. This is what I've had to try and do to fix it. If you do not resolve this issue within two weeks, I will be contacting the communications omnibus in yep. Australia mm -hmm. and complaining. And within an hour, my phone was ringing and somebody was, I'm so sorry for this. You can, uh, we're going to cancel that 
phone immediately. We're going to send the details of the person who bought the phone to the police and we're going to reimburse you for the money you spent to Equifax to get a credit rating and we're going to speak to them and try and get you credit rating. And I've had people buy things on my card and I've had to cancel my card and various things like that. I think the worst was one that happened to a family member of mine Mm -hmm. who got a phone call from somebody who urgently needed this person to transfer three grand and kept them on the phone for so long and wore them down and got them so nervous and scared that she was about to transfer the money when the house phone rang and she said oh no sorry the house phone's ringing I'm just going to get it and the person on the other end of the mobile was going no no this is important do this now don't answer the phone anyway she answered the phone and it was her bank saying hi there's this money about to leave your account and we're not sure that this is legit and then this person gets back on the phone and says I've got the bank on the phone now saying something dodge is happening and they're going ignore it ignore it and in the end it was another family member who came in and just said to her put the phone down you do not need to speak to these people if somebody makes you feel nervous in your own home on the phone hang up the phone you do not have to speak to these people and it's one of the most brilliant things that i think maria kornikova said the the author of the confidence game Con artists and scammers, they play on people's emotions to actually get them to make rash decisions or to transfer those funds. And so, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll start a call really aggressive and immediately you're on the back foot because you're trying to figure out, well, what's happened? You owe this much money to the government. You owe this much money to Optus. You know, they're, they're very aggressive straight up and they're looking for a certain kind of person. And this is what I think about con artists. For a lot of them, it's volume and numbers. There's a certain profile or a personality that they're likely to bait more than others. And so if you think about those calls that people get where they say, hey, this is Judy from whatever company that they're from, you owe this much money. If you don't give them the response that they're looking for or the student answers, they hang up the phone and they'll call another number. And mm-hmm. what they're looking for is someone to fall for the scam. And why they do it is because the odds are that someone out there will and they'll transfer money and they'll give them access to their account and they'll give them access to data that they shouldn't have. In the podcast where Maria is talking about how they play on fear and one of the things we all need to be really aware of is that in times of change or uncertainty, uncertainty, and you look at COVID, you look at anything, this is when they'll try and make their moves. I didn't realize this, I was, but the, one of the first scams that, that's recorded actually took place in the gold rush when all the change was happening back mm. then and people were using the gold rush as a way of making their scams work. Like, yeah. I thought that was really interesting. So I said it actually during Snowball, and I'm going to say it again. I, I did download it this time. I am going to listen to now, not read, but I'm going to download the audio book for the confidence game. And I reckon our listeners should too, because I reckon it would be a cool read, but I'll let you know about it next time I'm back on the air. Yeah. That'd be awesome if you do that, James. And how good was the music in Chameleon? Yeah, the music was so good and it had different levels, right? I think that's also another layer to this podcast that makes it so enticing is that they use music really well to guide you through the podcast. And did you recognize any of the music that they used, James, from previous episodes we've reviewed? I'll be honest, I didn't until you mentioned it, Ollie, but let our listeners know. So what kind of music are they using? 
At one point, they play this really ominous music, and I immediately thought, which podcast am I listening to here? My <laughs> podcast must have flicked. And I definitely expected Damon Fearless's voice to come on next, and I was like, it was Hunting Warhead. <laughs> In Chameleon, they use music beautifully to take you on this journey, and it's so beautifully made. I cannot emphasize to our listeners what a pristinely made podcast this is. The journalism's fantastic. The hosting's fantastic. The access is amazing. The story itself is phenomenal. And you are on the journey with Josh and Vanessa and you have to check it out. James, who would you recommend Chameleon, the Hollywood con queen to? Oh, I think any aspiring actor or anyone in the film industry <laughs> definitely needs to get around this podcast so that you'd never fall for the scam or anything like it. But also people that love a good murder mystery, people that love... Although nobody really gets murdered. Well, yeah, no, no but, you know, like a crime podcast uh, with twists and turns. And like me, I love movies like Ocean's Eleven and The Italian Job where there's twists that you don't see coming. You have to check out this podcast. How about you, Oz? Who would you recommend this podcast to? Anybody who enjoys really strong investigative journalism and stories that in the beginning seem relatively pointless and you think, gosh, why would you do a podcast about this one person who got scammed to go to Indonesia? And then you discover that this is a global confidence trick that is affecting thousands of people and results in the FBI being involved. And you must listen to the epilogue people because like I said before, huge mic drop and you were, I was sat on the edge of my seat listening to this. So if you love going on the journey with the podcaster themselves, check out Chameleon. You don't get that very often. And so yeah, Chameleon's definitely a must listen. We want to say a massive thank you to Josh Dean, Vanessa Gregoriadis, and the whole team at Campside Media for making Chameleon Hollywood Con Queen. You guys did a fantastic job making this podcast. And a massive thank you for granting us exclusive access to original content in the making of our podcast. Ollie and I would like to make a call to arms to our listeners. We are looking to build the My Friend Has Never Listened to a Podcast team. With the success we've recently had bringing in Jeff, our new editor, we'd like to build the team by acquiring a few different skill sets that are out there. So we're looking for someone who has an SEO skill set. So someone that's good at search engine optimization, uh, keywords, and really sort of promoting the podcast. We're also looking to bring on board anyone with social media marketing experience. So someone that could really build our social media strategy and our different platforms and lastly we're looking for anyone who has the skill set of transcribing audio to text so someone that could take our podcast and to make it more accessible transcribe our audio into text format so if you know of anyone or are someone with any of these skill sets seo social media marketing or transcribing please get in touch with us at myfriendhasnever at gmail.com or drop us a dm or message on any of our socials twitter instagram or facebook we'd love to hear from you guys and love to have you as a part of the My Friend Has Never Listened to a Podcast team. So, Oz, I'm always curious at this point of the episode, what else are you listening to? What's happening in Ollie's Corner this week? So, rather than being a con queen, I am the podcasting queen. Crowns <laughs> up, crowns up. I have been knocking over so many podcasts over Christmas and New Year. And one of the recommendations we got from one of the Hunting Warhead guys, can you remember what Chris Oak said he was listening to, James? Was it... I want to say Dead Eyes or something yes. like that. Was it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Chris recommended Dead Eyes to me and it is such a fun podcast because, you know, I listen to a lot of heavy podcasts mm -hmm. and it's been nice over the holiday period to listen to something a little bit more lighthearted and it is 
just a fun journey to hear about how, again, similar to the con artist and chameleon, how a seemingly uneventful event can spiral and really influence somebody's life for years and years and years to follow. Mm. And this all stemmed from Tom Hanks asking for one of the gaffers on the film he was making to be dropped because he had dead eyes. Was it a gaffer or a, a, um, a, a like a background actor? Yeah, background actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he lost his acting job essentially because of what Tom Hanks said. And this is a story of him interviewing all the different people along the way about, do they remember it? And they were in the movie and the person who ended up playing his role and wow. the person who phoned him and told him. And it's a really, it is a lighthearted tale, but again, it's a little bit like I recommended last week to you, James in heavyweight by Gimbal, where seemingly small incidents can have a huge impact on people's lives and they yeah yeah, they carry it around like a heavy weight for years and they desperately try different ways to resolve it so if anybody's looking for something a little bit light-hearted i highly recommend dead eyes and thanks to chris oak for recommending that one to me wicked now what else you got for us ollie what's on the cards for my friend who's never listened to a podcast this week My head is going to explode because I've got so many podcasts for you to listen to that I'm going to have to change the format and I'm going to have to now get you to choose which one you listen to. Don't make it a choose your own adventure. I'm not good at these. It is. So I discovered a new podcasting house just before Christmas called Noiser and they have two brilliant podcasts. One is called Real Dictators and one is called Real Narcos. They are both about as the name describes. So I thought rather than recommend both, I would let you choose. This week, James, would you like to go on a journey to learn more about dictators or more about narcos? I feel like we've had quite a few podcasts that have to do with narcos in some way, shape, or form, like El Chapo and uh, the fentanyl crisis of an, uh, painkiller. Um, so I reckon let's let's take on dictators this week. Okay, great. Now, in in the first season, they cover. I don't know. I just want to let the audience. I'm looking at Ollie trying to. Make sure that I got it right. I'm looking at her like, should I, should I say dictators? I'm not sure. Like, is that the one that's got the good stuff in it? But yeah, we're going both with, we're, got good stuff. We'll go with dictators. We'll go with dictators. And there's a little bit of an overlap because there's one individual who appears in both dictators and narcos. Mm. So there are quite a few episodes related to um, each of the different dictators that they look at. So rather than overloading you, James, because as you know, we are in a this week we are heading back on the road and it's always slightly more challenging um, when we're on the road. So what I thought I could do is read you the different dictators and let you choose maybe two or three that you want to listen to and then those are the ones that we'll review. Cool. Awesome. Are you ready? I am ready. Your options are Kim Jong-il, Joseph Starling, Mao Zedong, Papa Doc, or General Toto. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, Mao Zedong. Okay. As I don't know as much about him as I do about Kim Jong Il. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with Papa Doc because okay. I like that Haitian area. We heard I, all about that in um, Power. Crimes. I want to know more about that. Yeah. 
And what was the last one? Toto. General Toto. General Toto. I want to. I want to. Yeah, more about General Toto as well. Yep. Awesome. Wow. So you're choosing three. So each of these individual dictators have either two or four episodes dedicated to them and they're about an hour long so you've just you've probably just set yourself up for about 15 hours worth of podcasting listens there james okay i wasn't prepared for that (laughs) (laughs) i thought i was thinking they were like half an hour so i was like i got this in the bag um no that's cool that's um that's all good okay so we're going to be listening to real dictators by noiser this week and if you're Playing along and you want to listen with me, I'm going to be listening to Mao Zedong, Papa Dot, and General Toto. Uh, if you're up for it, listen to all episodes because obviously Ollie's across them all. But uh, I'll be listening to those three at a minimum. And, hey, who knows? If I get more time or if I find myself on some long drives this weekend, um, I will um, might even be able to crunch them all. Or you might even get to listen to Real Narcos as well. Uh, calm down. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what are you up to this weekend, Oz? Have you got much planned? I'm going back on the road, James. Oh, you go so back on the road. Yeah. I'm going to be packing my bags today and heading back to Brisbane. I've got another, got another five days up my sleeve. So Jenna and I are actually going to head down to Bustleton. Like it's so about <gasps> two and a half hours south of Perth. I've got a wedding there next November. Cool. So um, I'll, I'll be able to scout it all out and find all the good vineyards and wineries and breweries and gin distilleries in the area for you. Very cool. Nice. Thanks, James. And James, have you got a final thought for us today? I do. I, I would like to remind people that there is a real fine line between criminal and genius. And you see it play out so often. I know so many talented people that, had they used their energies and their talent and their intelligence in different ways could have had very, very different lives. Um, yeah, I just, I just would make my proclamation to our listeners and to the world that, yeah, if, if you find yourself in that position, just think about what you could do with those talents and energies in a slightly different way, maybe more so than hurting people, how you could use those talents to help people. And a huge thank you to all our listeners for tuning in for this episode of Chameleon, the Hollywood Con Queen. Please do get in touch with us. We love hearing from you guys. You can get us on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter, or you can send us an email at myfriendhasnever at gmail.com. Always remember that by leaving us a rating or giving us a review that it does help other people find us and really does get the podcast out there. A huge thank you to our editor, Jeff May. Honestly, Jeff, the amount of time that you've freed up for both of us is enormous, so we can't thank you enough. And as always, a massive thank you to MJ from Multidesign for our theme music. All right, James, I'll talk to you on the other side. I'll talk to you on the other side, buddy. (laughs) 